Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome again to the Dementia Care Partners podcast series. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tifa Snow. And uh, Tifa, you've just come off, uh, what, three days or is it five days or, you know, how many days have you been at this? You just Um. finished the conference. I think it probably feels like more than what it was. It was two full days and a half of day where we did our certified community and we had this amazing program by people living with dementia called Dementia Minds presentation. So COVID brought this all about because you wanted to do this live and in person like we did last year, but this year, challenges. Yeah, big challenges. The good news among the bad news is that last year we had like 400 and some folks and we had, I think it was uh, four or five countries represented from different parts of the world. This year we had 707 people and eight countries. So, you know, that's the good part of being virtual. There's the downside of being virtual, which is we didn't get to be together, which was hard. Well, so people didn't get the hugs and didn't get the high fives and all those usual things that we like to do. Yeah. Yeah. So can we talk about lessons learned when we're doing something virtually? Because the message stays the same, but sometimes the delivery just doesn't quite do what you wanted. Yeah. So learning how to do things virtually, we fortunately at PAC, we've been doing it a lot of what we do in the background previously had been virtual. So we've been having virtual meetings since the company started um, because we were never in the same cities as a company. And so what that meant is we learned to work with one another and be with one another when we couldn't virtually. And then since March, we took all the in-person training we had been doing and converted it. And in that training, we're often not just going from unaware to aware or from aware to knowledgeable. We're actually trying to help people build skills. And so we've been doing a fair amount of rehearsal of these skills that you need to stay engaged in, in things like virtual training. And so we were doing that. Now, where it got a little tricky is when you start talking about 707 people, And if you're talking about the world, you're talking about time zones that are 24 hours apart, potentially, (laughs) you know, eight, uh, 12 hours, 14 hours from here to Australia. So um, some of the tricky parts were recognizing that when you're working virtually, you have to build breaks in that are short enough that people don't get distracted by their real lives, but long enough that they can get their needs met and then take a break and come back. And so we were working on how long can you have sessions that are interactive or that are unidirectional in some cases and still keep people engaged. And a lot of it depends on things we know about in PAC, which is rhythm and intonation and energy and adding visual cues and being aware of pauses and asking questions, even though the person can't answer you, saying, so Greg, what do you find interesting when you're on the computer? Oh, well, where can I start with that one? There's so much much interest, right? 
Yeah. So but what we can do is if you weren't there answering me because you're in a large group, I could go, so I wonder what people find interesting on a computer. Is it what you see, what you hear, what people are doing that you want to try doing? So if we figure that out for people, then maybe we could provide that in the session and that will help them stay engaged. And so that's sort of some of what we did. And it seemed to work most for most people. I would say, you know, every now and then technology gets a little tricky and it makes it hard. So you managed to fill in some of the blanks that um, naturally occur. But when we did online learning before, people could be in a classroom. You could practice your hand under hand. You could practice your... So how do you do that at a conference? How do you show all of that? Yeah, so now this is interesting. And let me just have you try it and see what happens for you. Take your left hand and face it away from you. So it's like your elbows out to the side of your body and your hand is facing front. Now lift up your little finger like it's, imagine it's your thumb and your thumb is pulled in tight to your hand like it's your little finger. And now take your right hand and put it out a little further in, in sort of what you would consider a handshake. So shake your own hand and then take your right hand and rock it upwards so your fingers point straight up on your right hand and then close it down on your left and then tip it out and now you have hand under hand. Okay, I think I'm a contortionist here, or I'm tied up somehow. Might take me a while to get undone here, so you might have to cover for a minute. Might have to cover you up. Now, what if I told you that I want you to pick up a, a spoon with your right fingers, and then bring it toward yourself, and now you can actually practice bringing something toward your mouth with somebody's hand in yours. So it's been a challenge, not only learning new visual techniques, but improvising new physical techniques because so many of us, especially when we're on a call, we're hearing it, we're seeing it, but so many of us want to try it ourselves. Yeah, and so, I mean, we've done a number of things. We have some people who've created whole people in their room out of, you know, um, towels and blankets and shirts and pants. And I have actually minor, minor made out of, um, Oh, pool noodles and gloves with rice and and foam in them. I mean, so we've created people uh, and pie pans for faces, and we have other people who just have a glove with rice in it so that they can get the other hand. So, but we have people who are starting to realize, oh, and well, and then of course some people actually live with others. Well, that's true. Yes, yeah. So they have a bit of an advantage in that sense. Bit of an advantage, yes. Yeah. So having done something this big, are there lessons learned here that PAC will be applying to their online learning? Um, maybe not have 700 people on one call, you know. <laughs> well, some of the things we learned is that the need is universal. Um, it was interesting, you know, we have people at all levels of ability and knowledge and awareness. And what we found is it was interesting in the chat, like when you do Zoom, which is what the main platform we use, the chat, we had several people who were responsible for following the chat, and then they could help people with responses. And so we were able to meet a variety of needs, but would we love to do it exactly like this again? No, we always learn something. And one of the things we learned is um, some shorter sessions are helpful. But some in-depth sessions are sort of helpful for people as well. Um, 
and then sometimes doing options where people can just get together and talk. I mean, some people actually want to come into a Zoom room and just chat with each other and figuring out ways for that to happen. It was, it was a challenge, but we worked on it. I think we would do figuring out more of that, where here's the topic we're going to talk about in this Zoom room if you want to come. So how many different countries did you say you had? Um, well, we had Wales and we had England and we had um, Scotland, which I guess you could all call those the UK. We certainly had people from Canada for sure. We had folks, we had somebody from Singapore. We had folks from Australia, New Zealand. Um, there are folks that are signed up from Israel, but the timing was a little bit off Poland. Um, we had somebody from South Africa. I'm trying to think, those are the ones I can think of right now. Oh, Aruba. Common threads amongst all of the countries? Um, COVID has been devastating for people living with dementia and wherever they receive care, whether it's families or, or communities and, and carers. Um, people living with dementia are rarely involved in the process of determining how we're going to do things still throughout the world all too often. They're more of a representative versus an, a force um, or sort of a, a group of people who are working together in most countries and are not necessarily recognized as a equal playing partner. And I would say the other thing that we saw is that many countries think somewhere else is doing so much better. <laughs> and that seems to be a thing, but everybody else thinks somebody else must be doing it better than we're doing it. And in fact, there are pluses and minuses in every single area, region, situation that we that we were learning about. Ooh, but because our theme was living under the umbrella with the different dementias, uh, we did find out there are a number of places where differential diagnosis is not even something that's on the radar all that much right now, still. Looking back on the conference, I know this isn't fair to ask, but uh, was there a favorite moment that you can share with us? What got to you? Yeah, I think for me, um, it was seeing so many comments from people who provide support and care, whether they're families or professionals, when people living with dementia were sharing some information that they brought to the table. And when people living with dementia would go, oh, yeah, that's what, you know, that symptom you just described, that's pretty much what I've experienced. I, you know, I wish my family had known it. Or, you know, that symptom, that's sort of what I get. I don't have that, but I do have this. So that the things that we talk about in PAC were validated by people who are living the life where these symptoms are part of their everyday existence, or maybe they aren't, but they're going, wow, I'm glad I don't have that, but I do have this. And so I think for me, those moments were when the audience was going, oh, so that's exactly, oh my God, that's so cool that that's, so there was that validation that what we're onto and what we talk about and what we help people appreciate is really what people who are living with dementia are experiencing as well. So would that be your own sort of personal aha moment that you realize that people need this, they get this, it's working? Yeah, I think the excitement for me was we didn't have people who, who this year, now we did have a few last year, but not this year who said, I don't know why you keep having people living with dementia talking. I do this work all the time, I know. And it's like, we didn't get that. We got, 
thank you for having so many people and thank you person living with dementia for speaking out and being here. It's really helping me learn. And Tifa, thank you very much. You are so welcome. Thanks, Greg. That's our program for today. Join us again for our next podcast.